we're going to go see Tatane tonight. We are going to see Tatane tonight. And we saw Venom 2 the other night. We saw Venom Let There Be Carnage the other night. I, That's I enjoyed cinema. it. I enjoyed it. I liked it better than the first one. I'll say it. Fuck Martin Scorsese. That movie's <laughs> fun as hell. You know, I get that the good, good, good fellas and Departed and Raging Bull, those are all cinematic masterpieces. I had a lot more fun watching Venom Let There Be Carnage. I didn't want to have to let Nick go on camera, but here we are. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Britta. I'm Nick Arikio. And we are the Movie Nights. Eh, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored... Unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movie and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being a part of the conversation. Malignant was great. I'm going to do it every episode. At some point in every episode, I'm going to say Malignant was great. Malignant was great, just as a blanket (laughs) statement on it. Yeah. I was watching um, Family Guy earlier, Uh uh, because... Sometimes I'm just looking for like 20 minutes to just have my brain off and have something in the background. Yeah. So I always put on like the new episodes of Family Guy or whatever. Be it. Makes sense. And they were doing that thing. You ever see the ones where they tell like three different stories and they'll do like, oh, we're going to do like the fairy tales. Yeah. It's like all the yeah. characters and stuff. So the one I was watching, I didn't finish it yet, but they were doing rock stars. Mm-hmm. So they're doing Jim Morrison, Elton John, and John Lennon, I think. Okay. I only got to the first segment, which was Jim Morrison, but he kept introducing, Peter was playing Jim Morrison, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he introduced himself to someone, he just kept going, Hi, Jim Morrison, light my fire. <laughs> but he just thing. kept saying, like, a, he's like, Hi, Jim Morrison, break my heart, too. <laughs> and he just kept doing it, and I'm like, that's such a good bit. It's actually a genuinely funny bit. That's a great bit. Because the first time he does it, he's introducing himself to another band. Where he's like, Hi, Jim Morrison, light my fire. He goes, what'd you say? That could be a song. <laughs> Dude, that's so fucking funny. So that that could be your just hi don't pretend malignant was great no yeah I I plan on saying every time I introduce myself now hi I'm don't pretend malignant was great you ever seen malignant <laughs> also if you're listening to us on a, your podcasting app of choice whether it be Spotify Apple Podcast or SoundCloud mm-hmm. you can also follow us on YouTube subscribe to our channel Movie Nights and if you are watching us on YouTube and you don't always have the time to do that you can go onto your podcasting app of choice Spotify Apple or SoundCloud, look up Movie Nights, and you will find us there. So uh, for our first story today, before we get into the box office, um, follow up on a last week's story, because right as we were got done recording, a story that was up in the air got resolved. Really? Yes. Uh, remember how I mentioned the bidding war for the new John Watts movie starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt? Yes. Well, as soon as we finish recording last the last episode, um, it, it had an official buyer, and that is going to be Apple. Apple Studios lands the deal to get the new John Watts film starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Good for Apple, you know. That's uh those are those are big names. Those are going to that'll draw people to the service. Yeah, it, it draws people to the service, but not only that, it's it's starting to build this reputation of getting of putting up the money to get who they need. Like they recently got Scorsese, they mm-hmm. they're going to get um um or what I mean is they're doing a lot of really good television right now, like Ted Lasso, The Morning Show, like a lot of yeah. people. I mean, I've never watched Ted Lasso, but I've heard it's good. One of the best shows running right yeah, now. I'm probably going to react to it at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to follow up on that story last week. Apple has won the bidding war between all of the studios for the new John Watts movie, and that's where we'll be seeing it whenever it comes out. I like that they're actually making the movies, too. They're not like just buying whole movies yeah. and releasing them. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's really really cool. I never saw the one they did with the the Russo brothers, Cherry. I never saw it either. I heard mixed things. Yeah, but so one day they got Scorsese in the mix. One day we'll check it out. Moving on to the next story. I'm particularly excited to talk about this. You know how I love box office stuff? You do. You're the numbers guy. There was a big box office story from last weekend, Nicholas. (laughs) The highest opening weekend of the pandemic era happened. The highest three-day opening weekend. (laughs) Would you like to know what it was? (laughs) Is it Paw Patrol? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It was Venom Let There Be Carnage made $90 million. $90,033,200. What was it projected to make? Not that. It was like 60 or something. And that, and that was like a high. So it didn't yeah. really meet expectations. It, 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 it exceeded. blew them out of the water, dude. $90 million. That is insane. Made more than Black Widow. Made more than Shang-Chi. More than F9. More than all of that. That's incredible. Yes, yes. And, oh, we're going to talk about box office things. Also opening that weekend and coming in at number two was The Addams Family 2. It pulled in $17 million. A little under 90. <laughs> a little under 90. It's kind of a gap. Yeah. Um, coming in third was Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, dropping 53% from its previous week, and that was in its fifth week. And it had pulled in another $6 million. It has officially crossed $200 million domestically. Nice, nice. Good for them. Good for them. Coming in at number four was the Mini Saints of Newark, pulling in four million dollars again. Huh? I didn't know that was how. Yes, again, uh, just you know, em- emphasizing that the horrible HBO Max decision, because uh, people were already used to watching Sopranos on HBO Max, so they probably or on, or on HBO rather, yeah. and they probably just did it again. But still, four million is not bad. I thought it was going to be worse. Mm-hmm. And then coming in at number five was poor old Dear Evan Hansen. Dropping 67% in its second weekend, pulling in $2.4 million. Yeah, yeah, not great. Let's talk about fucking Venom making 90 Let's million talk dollars. about Venom making 90 So, first of all, wow. Mm-hmm. It not only goes to show that people genuinely love that first movie, mm-hmm. it showed that people were excited. And what really fascinates me is they moved the release date so many times that I thought the box office was going to suffer from that alone. Yeah. Just like people being like, oh, it's out? Well, $90 million worth of people knew it was out and went to it. And, you know, something, there are a couple contributing factors that could help and bump it up a little bit, like it being only 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. From personally working at a movie theater, I was in the room where they said, hey, let's add seven more Venoms <laughs> just because you can yeah. add seven Venoms. And, um, you know, so that was probably a contributing factor. Another being that it's PG 13. And um, apparently, the hot, when they did like audience scores on a cinema score and other things, the. The highest rating was age groups 12 to 18. Good. <laughs> just gave it like 88% or something. Kids love Venom. Yes. And uh, so just, you know, they knew their audience well. They did the marketing well. And honestly, I'm not going to get into spoilers right now, but there's a big spoiler in the movie. And I think that maybe they weren't all upset about that spoiler getting out because mm-hmm. it probably drove people to go see the movie. And so, then just the word of mouth of it alone, even yeah. if people didn't know about it, then yeah. it's like, yeah. do you hear about the you yeah. see the You got to go see the credit credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So just, you know, all, all kinds of... It's amazing that yeah. Venom made $90 million. Like, that is absolutely insane. I think, if you want to go a little bit alternate history, I think maybe if Black Widow didn't do Day and Date, that it could have hit 90. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Venom did, 
e- even if Black Widow did, the fact that Venom even hit 90. Yeah. Unreal. And here's the thing. Now people are like, James Bond is next weekend. Mm-hmm. So the unfortunate thing for Venom is I do think it's going to have a drop more off. than 50% drop. And maybe moviegoers just knew about James Bond next weekend. They're like, well, shit, if we're going to see Venom, we got to see it now. Yeah. Maybe. But I think an overwhelming majority of these numbers are just simply because we've underestimated the love people had for that first movie, which is shocking because I didn't even love the first movie. I loved it. But I had a good time with it. But I'm, I'm interested in what James Bond is going to do. Like, I genuinely don't know what its opening weekend is going to be because it's killing it overseas right now. Yeah. It's and long, though. It, that's, that's the thing. The thing it's two hours and 40-something like Venom's minutes. Just, Venom's getting in two, almost three showings. Yeah, yeah. So In the time of one James Bond. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. My prediction, and I was wrong about Shang-Chi opening to 100. Mm-hmm. It only opened to 70-something. My prediction for James Bond is it, it, it will open at around 70, which would be really good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but Venom opening at 90 and just be, it being a superhero oh, movie. Wild, yeah. I, I, I wonder what Eternals is going to open at because it's more unknown. But I definitely think once we get to Spider-Man, I think that will be the first pandemic movie to open 100 million plus. Yeah, because nothing's hit that yet, right? No. Yeah. In the pandemic era. No. Yeah, no, no. So... What are your thoughts on <laughs> Venom Let There Be Carnage opening to $90 million, blowing expectations out of the water? Good for them. You know, people rag on the first Venom and people are like, oh, they don't have their, you know, Sony doesn't have their shit together and all that. It's like, well, I mean, regardless, they have the, you know, whether you like the movies or not, they're making movies that are putting butts in seats. Yeah. And I think the total box office for the first one was like 850 million which is closer to a billion than it isn't yeah yeah uh and this one being the highest pandemic opening so far i think speaks to itself that they're making movies that people want to see and i think part of that could be lingering on the well is this one part of the mcu is it not because there's always the people that know the inside stuff but Mm -hmm. even if you don't Monster fight monster. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. What the hell's going to happen with Morbius? <laughs> Mobius. No, Morbius. 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 Yeah, Morbius. I have no idea. I am genuinely dumbfounded by that. Yeah. I have no clue. But uh, yeah, I, th- I agree with everything that you've said. I think that it's, it's a good understanding of what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is going to be a wake-up call for filmmakers and people over at Sony of like, oh, obviously we're going to do Venom 3. Yeah. But like, this is something, it now has an expectation of, because like the first one performing well could have been a fluke, but now it's back to back and it's like, all right, people really want to see these movies. We can't let them down with this third one. So I think that it's going to lead to nothing but the movies getting better, at least hopefully. And I think one, Tom Hardy's is very heavily involved and very yes. proactive with the characters. Very I think true. that it's that. Um, and I'm curious if Whoops. how this will affect Morbius. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that movie's done and just sitting on a shelf. Yeah. But I'm curious, like, do we is there a runtime out for that? I don't know. Because that was supposed to come out before yeah. this and Spider-Man. Like, I, I'm curious how long that is. And then if it's longer than Venom and doesn't do as well, is it the character? Is it, are we going to start seeing from Sony shorter movies? Because people are like, oh, let's, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's only 90 minutes. Like, when yeah. you look at Eternals, when you look yeah. at No Time to Die, when you look at the inevitable Spider-Man mm-hmm. runtime, 
these are all two and a half hour movies. Mm-hmm. I had a great time watching Venom. Ninety minutes. I went. You yeah. know what? I I went in. My belly was full by the time I left. Yeah. I was satisfied yeah. with that meal. And I I, I mean we we've seen it before yeah. of like studios learning the wrong lesson. And I think just oh let's make shorter movies. I think that that's going to be the wrong lesson mm-hmm. because what's the biggest movie of all time? Well, technically it's Avatar again because it got re released. Yeah, but Endgame, it was Endgame and it's hours, three yeah. hours. So it just it all depends. It's dependent. But what yeah. what I applaud Sony for doing is they were not afraid to just make a 90-minute movie. Yeah. And release it and do it as it is. And Andy Serkis as well. Mm-hmm. Like, from what we could tell from the press store, Andy Serkis seems to have no bad blood with Sony. It seems like it was a very, very easy process. He has mentioned that they didn't have a lot of time to make the movie, but that's movies that happens with movies sometimes. So unless... And eight months from now, we we get like a, a scoop of like, oh, drama. Yeah. But like, it hasn't seemed that way. No, it so, seemed like he had a great time making yeah, it. I think that yeah. he was literally just, because he came in late, I think. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think he was literally just the director. Yeah, and just came in and began, yeah. Like, I think that the story, probably everything was ready to go. They're like, hey, yeah. we just need someone yeah. behind the camera yelling orders. <laughs> Which, yeah. got on it, we don't know the deal. Could be a do this for me, yeah. one for you. Yeah. Maybe he just genuinely loved the character. Maybe he just wanted to work with Tom Hardy. Yeah. We'll sp- and I know he's been trying to step into the directing game. I know yeah. he's directed a few things, mm-hmm. but his last big thing was Jungle Book, right? Or the, like that Mowgli movie. The or Mowgli, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this could may have just been a stepping stone, you know, another yeah. thing on the resume. Not that Andy Serkis needs, needs yeah. anything. The yeah. dude's been killing it. Killing it for I, decades, I think, does not get the respect he deserves yeah. in Hollywood. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah, yeah, and he's going to be Alfred. He's going to be Alfred. Yeah, yeah. And that's so. the list. Yeah, dude's got connections. Dude <laughs> yes, knows he everyone. Does. Yes, he does. Uh, what do you guys think about Venom making ninety million at the box office? Let us know. And you know, do you think it's going to bode well for other movies coming out, especially in October? Uh, moving on to our next story. You're familiar with the Friday the Thirteenth franchise? Yes. And are you familiar with why there hasn't been one in a while? I am not. There's been an ongoing lawsuit between the writer of the original film, the writer of the original Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. and the studio who owns or owns the distribution of Friday the 13th about rights. Because what's going on with, we haven't reported on this next part, but what's been going on with Marvel and Disney and the comic book creators mm-hmm. of like suing to get rights back? Yeah. That has happened with Friday the 13th over the course of many years, and it's been a huge lawsuit. Okay. Because they kind of kicked out the main writer after he wrote the movie and turned it into this giant franchise. Yeah, they just kept making it. And he's like, bruh. This is my character. Yeah, so, but basically, big news after years, because there hasn't been a movie since 2009 for Friday 13th. And this has been because of that. Yeah. Jeez. He won. The original screenwriter has won the appeal for copyright termination for Friday the 13th. But what's important to point out, this doesn't include the character of Jason or the hockey mask character yeah. of Jason because, spoiler alert, in the first movie, not a thing. So, it also, he doesn't have the international distribution rights. So anyone hoping like, oh, now that the lawsuit's over, it means we'll get more movies, probably going to have to wait even longer than if the studio would have won because now... He doesn't have international distribution rights. Maybe he doesn't own Jason. It's a whole, whole thing that's going to cause a lot of things. But what's significant is the lawyer representing him is the one representing the comic book co-creators. Ooh. 
Disney is frightened <laughs> about Disney's this a little scared lawsuit. Right now. And I haven't gotten into the lawsuit thing with Disney and Marvel yet because I want to wait till that story is over before we get into it. Yeah. But um, it's a very fascinating story. And um, it now has like a bump with this victory for the Friday the 13th screenwriter. Um, Victor Miller is his name. Okay. He's going to reclaim the domestic rights of the franchise. Thoughts? So does he have the rights to just the, like, the mom? No, just like the current title Friday the 13th in in that movie. Like, for example, the producer had the rights. Now he does. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have... So if he wanted to make it, it's up in the air on if he has Jason. Like so they're if he wanted still to, determining if, if he has. So if he that. wanted to make a movie and he doesn't have Jason, this franchise is just dead in the water unless he sells it to a studio. Yeah, but it's kind of like the Quicksilver thing with Marvel and Fox back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to turn out to be something like that, where you can have two. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, but the studio might have to call it Jason. Yeah. Or whereas not Friday, he the, has Friday yeah. the Thirteenth. Yeah just getting convoluted i feel like yes oh yeah it's yeah but it's an interesting little bump in the you know copyright termination lawsuits and i think it could be interesting um yeah i just wanted to bring that up as a story i don't Mm -hmm. know if you have any other thoughts on that uh not at the moment no all right moving on uh this one i know you'll have something to talk about oh boy the snyder cut of rocky four is coming out in the Snyder Cut of Rocky Four is coming out. Sylvester Stallone's Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, Ultimate Director's Cut is coming to theaters. I love that it's called Rocky versus Drago. Yes. And on November 11th and then digital the next day. I may or may not have gotten a bunch of tickets for the 11th. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, basically, they released a trailer for this thing. Did you watch the trailer? No. Dude, they made this look like it's going to be the <laughs> best fucking movie I've ever seen. First of all, Rocky Four is this dumb, fun, rah-rah America movie. I love Rocky Four. It's 90% montages. Yes. This director's cut looks... Ac- apparently, and I'm pulling this from Deadline. Yeah. Stallone has added 40 minutes to this movie. 40 more minutes of montage? Yes, maybe montage. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's deleted um, the robot that Polly has sex with. At least I assume he had sex with. Sorry, I know you like the robot. Did he just like cut out all those scenes? Or I don't did know. he just I have no idea. So this is what he did during COVID. I guess so. Did he edit it himself or No, I'm he... sure he just has I mean he has rights to all the Rocky movies. Yeah. I'm sure he just went in and was like, I wanna do a director's cut. And they were like, Okay, Stallone. Why not <laughs> hire one editor to sit with him? Yeah. You know, it's not like it's a Yeah, but like it's gonna have forty minutes yeah. of never before seen footage in it. <laughs> I'm really excited. That's that's good. I hope they release a 4K because then we'll finally get any Rocky movie on 4K because I need them. But yeah. I want to watch the trailer now. Oh, I'll show it to you after we're done. But what are your thoughts on the director's cut of Rocky 4? I'm all about it. I love Rocky (laughs) 4. Good. As long as he doesn't cut out Burning Heart. (laughs) By uh, who sings that? Heart on Fire. Heart on Fire too. I don't know. I don't know who sings it. But it's great. That song. As long as Burning Heart's in it. Yes. It'll be it'll be good. With a burning <laughs> We're gonna get copyrighted. <laughs> yes, we are. What do you guys think about Rocky Four Directors Cut coming out? Let us know in the comments. Um, okay, so this next one, I'm not gonna dive into the whole story yet because it's it's again, it's one of those stories that I'm waiting for the whole thing to be done mm-hmm. so we can recap it. Do you know what the I A T S E is? No. 
It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> no. It is the name of the company of all of the union of all the set people who work on movie sets. Okay. So you know that logo at the end of movies? Not the Panvision one, but the it has like it's like a circle, but it's like kind of triangular. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. symbol is that that union. Okay. And it's called the International Association of Theatrical Stage Employees. Mm-hmm. Well, they just for the past few weeks, which we'll talk about when we do the whole story, yeah, have been initiating a strike. A lot of strikes and suings and everything yes. going on in Hollywood because right now. working on a set is fucking awful. You are overworked, underpaid. You never sleep. You have no weekends. Like it's just horrible yeah. working conditions. And it's always been that way, but with COVID and with, you know, a bunch of things, that finally everyone's just like, fuck, fuck this. And they've just authorized, the union has authorized, like each branch of the union yeah. has authorized a strike <laughs> if they want to do it. So it hasn't happened yet. That's why I'm waiting to see yeah, if yeah, it happens. See how it plays out. If this happens, everything in production stops. Everything, movie, TV, everything in production, unless it's dipshits like us, mm-hmm. stops. My God. Because they're trying to get taken seriously here. Yeah. And Hollywood, it's going to be it's gonna be one of these things where they call their bluff. Because remember the writer's strike in like 07 and then everything from 07 to 2010 sucked because there were no writers? I remember. Who was writing technically like at that point? Daniel Craig talked about working on Quantum of Solace. Where him and the director would just write <laughs> pages while they were shooting. Oh, so like the actors, the produ- anyone who yeah. was willing to be on set could just pitch just, an idea. Yeah. They were like, yeah. You know what movie got written during the writer's strike? Hmm. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, there you have it. Do you know the name of the writer of X-Men Origins Wolverine? I do not. Ready for this name? Skip Woods. Would you hire anyone named Skip Woods? I wouldn't. <laughs> You know, I remember another big thing with the writer's strike was that uh, Breaking Bad wanted to kill Jesse mm-hmm. as the finale of season one. Yes. Or whenever the mm-hmm. writer's strike was happening. And yep. then the writer's strike happened. They were like, oh, we don't know how to kill him off. <laughs> yeah. So that was actually a good thing that came out of that. Yeah. Yeah, but just, it was a crazy thing, and if it happens, it's going to be a big fucking deal, and we'll cover it more. Yeah. By be- the way, we're going to be posting a lot more for reasons I'll get into at some other point, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more stuff to find out, a lot more interesting things to dive into. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, so what do you guys think of the um, IATSE, I think it is, of them possibly going on strike? It's going to have huge implications if it happens. Let us know what you think about it. Moving on to our next story. You love Ben Affleck. I do love Ben Affleck. What a guy. Um, he was recently interviewed by Variety at the premiere mm-hmm. of The Tender Bar, which I can't wait to see. And oh, the, the what? The Tender Bar. It's a movie with him and George Clooney. And I think Clooney directed it, if I'm not mistaken. There's a trailer for the. I don't know if there's a trailer uh-huh. for it, but like it premiered like at a festival. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, he was asked about being Batman in The Flash, which mm-hmm. we all knew. And yeah. he actually gave a really, really nice answer to it because you know that he had some trouble with it yeah. back in Justice League days. Well, this is what <laughs> he said. It was really, ni- it was a really nice way to revisit it, that as the prior experience had been difficult. It was really lovely and it was really fun. I had a great time and I'm probably under some gag order that I'm not even aware of and just violated and now I'm going to get sued. 
<laughs> so he's clearly, by saying that he's in it. <laughs> yeah. So just clearly having a good time. Yeah. This is lovely to see, just because we love Ben Affleck's mental health. But we also, do. the tinfoil hat in me <laughs> is like. He was happy playing Batman again. Maybe, maybe we can get him to come back to do, do a solo movie. Do a solo movie on HBO Max, please, please. I did love his Batman. God, he's my favorite. I love it so much. Hey. But, but uh, what are your thoughts on Ben Affleck confirming? I mean, we knew it, but confirming that he's going to be in the Flash. But not only that, saying he really enjoyed the time because he didn't say in the interview. Yeah, it was a nice way to say goodbye. Even though everyone is assuming that it's going to yeah. be his last time. But he said it was a nice way to revisit. I don't think they'll kill him, though. No, I don't think so. But it was a nice way to revisit. Yeah. What do you think? I, you know, good for him. I'm glad he's in a place now where he can do that and feel confident in it mm-hmm. and want to do it and enjoy it. I think it's the same, like, feeling like... <laughs> I like that, like, you know how sometimes you see actors and they're, like, so excited about being a character? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my God, I am like Tom Hardy with Venom. Like Tom Hardy yeah, loves, loves being, being Venom. Venom. Yeah. Tom Holland loves being Spider-Man. Tom Hiddleston loves Love. being Loki. Mm-hmm. I love that we are going to have in the next like two years, three Batman <laughs> who are just like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly, yeah. like Michael Keaton's been interviewed now because he was yeah. doing. I feel so yeah. bad when like someone's just trying to promote their movie. Like Andrew yeah. Garfield is just trying to promote his stuff, and everyone's yeah. like Spider Man No Way Home though, and he's yeah. like, "Man, could we talk yeah. about Tick Tick Boom?" Yeah. Um, and Michael Keaton was like, "Yeah, you know." They're like, "Oh, what was it like revisiting?" He goes, "Well, one, I'm Batman. <laughs> Two, like I, I I was kind of nervous about it, and then like I put the whole costume on, which he's gonna be in the costume, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> And I was just, like, able to go right back into it. Yeah. But, like, he's not like, I'm Batman. Like, yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck's not like, I'm Batman. And yeah. we know Robert Pattinson's not going to be like, guys, I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. He's just. <laughs> so it's like, I just find that funny. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, good good on him. And I hope we do get more. I hope we get a money shot of him and Keaton together. Oh, God. That'd Either awesome. suits or not suits, I'd be uh-huh. fine. I think that the Flash movie is going to have some surprises that we don't know about. I think there's going to be a lot of cameos that yeah. we're just not expecting. CG Christopher Reeve. <laughs> Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> I'd love to see Henry Cavill in that movie. That'd be good, yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, regardless, I feel like we have to get Cavill again because of Supergirl. Yeah. Even her movie, show, whatever they Because it's the same her. design emblem. Yeah, I know. It's as, clearly yeah. based off of him. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll see. We will see. We'll we will see. see. What do you guys think about Ben Affleck being happy? <laughs> because we <laughs> love it here. We love it when he's happy. We love Ben Affleck here. <laughs> Moving on to our final story. Now, I haven't covered this because I wanted to wait for it to end, and it's mm-hmm. finally ended. Here we are. Disney and Scarlett Johansson have settled their lawsuit. Or oh, their mom and dad are battle. done fighting. They're done fighting. <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning of this story. Um, when Black Widow was originally being announced, even all the way back to Disney Investor Day, it was still being scheduled as a theatrical-only release. Mm-hmm. Then a few weeks before the film's release, maybe about a month or two, it was announced that it would also be going day-and-day premium access on Disney+. Plus. And when that happened, Disney or Scarlett Johansson's lawyers reached out to Disney. And there are several emails of them just being like, hey, we saw you doing this. Let's make a deal. Because a lot of her pay deal was based on box office performance. Yeah. And they were like, hey, clearly this is going to hinder that. We were kind of told that it was going to be theatrical only. Let's make let's work out a deal. Right. Mm -hmm. Which Disney ignored. There's even a story in one of the major trades of them saying that. Um, a lawyer, one of her reps, actually went up to Bob Chapek 
and was like, hey, we emailed you. We need to talk about this. And then apparently Bob Chapek told the person something along the lines of, I'll have my people get with your people. Which would have never happened, probably would never would have happened under Bob Iger. Mm. Iger would have gotten in the room with Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Yeah. So just that's kind of shitty, the way they were treating talent. Yeah. But anyway, wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And basically to the point where Scarlett Johansson was like, listen, I'm going to fucking sue you guys. Yeah. If we don't solve this. Like, I'm trying to do this. And she played her part. She did the whole press tour. Mm-hmm. She did everything. Everything on her side of the contract was fulfilled. Disney tried to argue that in nowhere in her contract did it say that she would get in a guaranteed theatrical release. But then an email was brought up of them talking to somebody when the pandemic first started and them saying like, hey, what's going to happen? And there was an email from somebody at Disney saying, you're going to get your traditional exclusive release. Don't worry. Yeah. So that's just like we were straight up told by you guys that it was going to happen. You know, what? what the hell? Wasn't the whole argument that it was like, she was guaranteed a theatrical release, not mm-hmm. a exclusive theatrical yeah. release. Yeah, but like putting it day and date was obviously going to affect how much money she would make. Yeah. And so that was kind of scummy on them. And then where shit really, really hit the fan was Disney's PR, which this probably also would have never happened under Bob Iger, released a statement. A lot of stuff wouldn't have happened yeah. under Bob Iger that's been happening. Yeah, released a statement saying, basically dragging Scarlett Johansson through the mud saying like, oh, this is really dumb of her considering there's a pandemic and a bunch more mm-hmm. problems. And then they outed her salary and said she's already been paid $20 million. What a horrifically shitty thing to do, PR-wise, one. Yeah. And two, it doesn't matter how much she was paid if she was contracted more than that and you yeah. still haven't paid her. That's the whole point of this thing. So basically, um, after that, it got into really heated debates between Disney and Scarlett Johansson of them accusing back and forth, back and forth, the um, Disney lawyers applied for arbitration mm-hmm. and then they were not granted arbitration. So then that means if it went to trial, everything was going to be public. <laughs> and Disney did not want that. So they settled with her and deadline is saying that they ended up paying her 40 million more dollars. She got a 60 mil paycheck for black widow. Yeah. And it's a pretty payday. Yeah. And not only that, they not only worked out that difference, they also worked out the differences of her future projects because in the joint statement, or not a joint statement, but they each released their own statements. Scarlett Johansson saying, I'm happy to resolve our differences with Disney. I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration in the years to come. Mm-hmm. With Disney putting an exact project on that with their statement saying... I'm very pleased that we've been able to come to a mutual agreement with Scarlett Johansson regarding Black Widow. We appreciate her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. So, the Tower of Terror movie with Scarlett Johansson I is didn't know that was a thing. moving forward I didn't know that was after a thing. these. Yeah. So, you know they paid her good if she's going to work with them again. But what I think this really did is it really... I widened Bob Iger and the new team up there mm-hmm. that like do not treat your talent like shit or you're going to end up having to do these paydays. Yeah. Because like that this whole thing should have never happened. No. And it, I'm glad that they settled it because I honestly believe that if they would have gone to court that she would have won and probably would have won a lot more money than that. Because even before all this to be like I don't know what you want like 10 more mil? Yeah. She's probably been like Okay. Yeah, just something. Just at yeah. least reply and yeah. do something. Just don't just go brush her it under and, the rug and yeah, yeah, yeah. act like yeah. It, and and the fact that she went through the whole press tour, didn't publicly say anything, did her whole thing, and then was like was all game, yeah. everything, just did yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm glad that this outcome had the outcome that it did. 
And um, hopefully Disney's learned their lesson, their new leadership, which I fucking hate. I hope that they've learned their lesson and I hope things go a lot smoother over there. Yep. And we know that they've already in- incorporated new things in their contracts with in regards to streaming releases. But we know Kevin Feige doesn't like streaming releases and Bob, Bob Chapek, who clearly watches our show. Do not piss off Kevin Feige anymore, please. I don't want him to leave. And if you make him leave, I'll never forgive you. If Feige leaves, I leave. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I just, I don't like when Feige is upset. Um, but yeah, basically, what Father, do you, Father, don't be sad. What do you guys think about um, the whole Scarlett Johansson Disney situation? Are you happy it's resolved? Did you think it was going to end differently? Let us know. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the rumors of the roundtable. And I actually have no idea what the rumor is again. Nick likes to do this to me now. I think it's fun. We get actual live reaction out of him. All right, Nicholas, what's the rumor this week? Again, rumors, rumors, rumors. These are from uncredited, not uncredited, not really overly reliable sources. It's not the main trades. It's just people, the equivalent of someone just throwing something to a dartboard and seeing if it sticks. Yes. But... Some of them have been right so far. We've Not had nothing. actually, yeah. Um, so the, again, this week's rumor, rumor, rumor. Uh, there's a new Doctor Strange movie, yes, coming out that no one knows anything about. Not really. <laughs> Not a set photos leaked, and that thing is, I believe, wrapped and done, and probably I, I edited. Think, and I think they just wrapped reshoots. So that thing's just tied up in a bow, ready to go. I mean, they're editing, but editing, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh When's that come out? Like next November or something? March. Oh, oh. Yeah. We're going to get a trailer with No Way Home. Oh, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, one of the rumors (laughs) is that um, we're going to see a kind of a return of a character. Okay. Uh, This rumor is stating that we are going to see a few sub-Ultron bots in this movie. Uh, Possibly on a different world. Which I'm curious because that kind of ties into this two-part finale of What no, If what that if? we've yeah, seen. Yeah. So I'm curious if we're going to see a, a merge of that, if mm-hmm. we're going to see that, or if whatever be it, there might be some sub-Ultron bots running around. Yeah. Uh, no rumor if they'll speak, mm-hmm. if it'll be Spader, if they get... Um, Ross Marquand. Ross Marquand, who I love, who I forgot his name there for a minute, but I feel bad. <laughs> Aaron on The Walking Dead, um, <laughs> if he'd be voicing like he did in What If or whatnot. But yeah, they're not Ultron, but it did say sub-Ultron bots, but can't have sub-Ultrons without an Ultron yeah. hive mind kind True. of concept. So I don't know. That's what, that's what I got for you. I don't believe the rumor, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't hate it. I think it'd be yeah. cool to see some more sub-Ultron bots. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm already thinking, like, how would that work into the story? But at the same time, I don't know the story, so <laughs> who knows? Honestly, if we're ever going to have a movie, if they decide to tie in What If, mm-hmm. if we ever had a movie where they blend live action with animation, It'd like be 2D movie. animation. It'd be a Sam Raimi movie. It would be a Sam Raimi movie, <laughs> and it would definitely be Doctor Strange, our Doctor Strange being cartoon yes i just want to know who bruce campbell's playing i want to know do you think he's just a random dude do you think he'll actually make him like a character i he'll be he'll be a random dude if he's like a straight up character in the movie i would not a character but like if it's like i wasn't like if he's just an alternate dr strange oh my god that'd be so funny i mean think about the slick back hair give him a gray streak that would be amazing i would laugh very hard yeah but uh 
I just am so excited. Like, I hope he's kind of like Stan Lee in the first one where he's just reading something on a bus. Yeah. But I just hope... <sighs> he's definitely has to be in it. He's definitely going to interact with Doctor Strange. Like, he's going yeah. to say something with Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, because he, he always to. interacts with the hero in, yeah, in, in the, the other Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like that has to happen. I just don't know what it is. I hope he's Mysterio. I hope he's Ash. The real Mysterio. That'd be funny if he's Mysterio because he's supposed to yeah. be in Raimi. But, dude, if he, if he plays Ash, like, if they're hopping universes, like the fight and what if, mm-hmm. and they land at that cabin, I will physically die, like, in my seat. Like, I won't yeah. know what to do. Because technically, in the comics, Marvel Zombies and Ash, it happened. Did it? Yes. If that's the live action zombies movie that they have <laughs> planned is Ash versus the Marvel zombies. <laughs> Dude, one, would, that's a billion dollars. I pay so much money. I will empty my <laughs> bank account and just give Marvel that money. Yeah. For one ticket. Yeah. I'll say this is yours. Yeah. And uh, that, that April Fool's script that they yeah. released. But like it was such a good line. What if it was real? And that was the joke? <laughs> Dude, that'd be so funny, but, like, there's a line in this fake script that Bruce Campbell released where it was them running into each other, and he's playing Ash. And uh, he says, and Doctor Strange is looking for the Darkhold, and he says, I'm looking for an evil book. And Ash goes, does it have a face on it? And he goes, no. And he's like, then I can't help you or something. But, like, just just that kind of joke would be so funny. That'd be great. We'll see. Next endgame, I want to see a portal open and Ash come through. (laughs) Do you know Groovy? Do you know you know that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where it's when Jonah Hill first meets Leonardo DiCaprio? He's like, "You show me a pay stub, <laughs> and I'll quit for my whatever, job and, and I'll quit my you. job and work for you." That would be me to Kevin Feige if they made <laughs> Ash versus the Marvel Zombies. Dude, I would. I'd be like, "You show job. me the script for this. I quit my job right now. I do whatever you need. Well, yeah, I, I will, quit my job. I will be a PA for life. I would. Yeah." Oh, man, that'd be so cool. But, yeah, interesting. We went off track there, but interesting rumor about the Subaltron bots. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the Movie Nights Roundtable. We'll see you again on Friday because we're filming it Thursday. If you go in our description, you'll see where you can follow us on all the social medias. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time. You can go first again.